재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM 2024 the same situation is uh, reoccurring now. And to give us some expert analysis on the situation, very pleased to have joining us from the University of Salford uh, Sports Enterprise, Professor Simon Chadwick. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Professor. Uh, it looks like, according to the Olympic Committee in Italy, they say that any new attempt to bid for any uh, future Olympic Games will be unlikely for at least 20 years. Uh, We can think of financial uh, concerns, but what were the major factors you feel in terms of Italy withdrawing this current bid? I think Italy is still struggling with uh, uh, the post-recession uh, fallout. So its, it's public finances are, are in a difficult position. Um, obviously, uh, economically, in terms of, of, of growth and national income, there are still some issues. And uh, crucially, for uh, I think for, for, for most nations, there, there has to be a return on investment associated with staging a Games. And as we've seen, for example, most notably in, in, in London recently, uh, we've got another European city there that, that really has struggled to explain and to justify whether or not there has been a, a return on investment. And so I guess in terms of the best use of public money, um, uh, the Italian government felt that there were better uses of the money. And, and one can think of, for example, public services such as uh, the health service, education, And even simple day-to-day things like the collection of rubbish that probably require more attention Mm. and probably require the public finances to be devoted to. You mentioned return on investment. And and if you look at the past history of a lot of these uh, Olympic host cities, if we just stick with the uh, Summer Olympics, you have, I can think of one perhaps successful case with the 84 Olympics in Los Angeles. There's been some debacles, the Montreal 76, uh, and so on and so forth. You mentioned London. Uh, this is a very immensely costly event to host. Uh, are there any ways to make this profitable? Is it always a money-losing operation inevitably? I think Montreal was interesting um, because this was financially a complete disaster and and it was only within the last decade that uh, Montreal taxpayers uh, finished paying for it. Um, there was a good example in in uh, um, in eighty four with uh, with LA, and I think what was particularly uh, notable about LA is, is by and large it used used existing facilities, so they they didn't embark upon one of these uh, major infrastructural projects that we're now seeing in, in places like Sochi. Uh, I think also uh, in in LA eighty four uh, it was essentially funded privately by. Um, 
uh, by investors and, and companies. So there wasn't that financial burden upon the state. You have 92 in Barcelona, which was something of a success because mm. essentially what the games did was to contribute to the re- economic redevelopment of, uh, of of a certain part of Barcelona. So it, it effectively the, the Olympic Games was lubrication in a... Uh, a major redevelopment program. But other than that, uh, we've seen some games imposing massive financial costs, uh, some of which has been problematic for cities, but in, in other cases, and, and again, I think specifically here of, of Russia and also to, to a large extent China with Beijing in 2008, the games be, were, were used for political purposes. Right. So the, the, the game, the investment wasn't to generate a financial return, it was to generate a political return. But what we've seen post-2008, I think, is is certainly in the West, and, and I'm thinking specifically here about Europe, um, people really deeply and profoundly questioning uh, whether or not it, it makes any sense at all to, to host games. And we've seen, indeed, we've seen referendums in, in, in Poland, in Norway, in Germany, where cities have actually... Uh, through democratic votes, rejected mm. um, the need to bid for the games, and I think what we're now seeing is is, is a move east, a move eastwards to, to to places like China and, and Japan, Korea, right. um, but also to Russia and elsewhere, where financially uh, countries have more resources at their disposal. But I think there are probably objectives other than financial objectives for, for hosting the games. Some of them are political, some of them are social, some of them in term, are in terms of nation branding. But this is, this is a difficult, difficult event to, um, uh, to, to bid for and host. And many, many countries across the world now are skeptical, skeptical yeah. that, that there's a net benefit to actually hosting. We can look at the uh, 88 Seoul Olympics, of course, uh, a lot of our, uh, Listeners will remember that. And as you say, uh, maybe not necessarily trying to make this a financial boon, but uh, it was one of the times where a country, South Korea, trying to emerge onto the world stage uh, uh, towards that end. I suppose those ambitions were fulfilled. Are we then now seeing a situation where uh, essentially the only bidders will be the Almaty Kazakhstans or, or other um Central Asian or other emerging nations and China just being a perennial bidder, it's just saying, look, we got the money, we're going to just keep bidding for, for these games in various cities and um, other countries like in the West, in Europe, uh, will largely just sit on the sidelines? Well, we have to remember that for the for the next summer games, uh, we're likely to see Budapest and and uh, and, and Paris and, and Los Angeles uh, bidding. Um, so there is still some value to uh if you like western nations uh bidding for for, for these events but I, again i think in 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 hungary and budapest there's probably a political dimension to this if we look at mm-hmm. uh, los angeles um again one would imagine that the private sector will play a, a large part in funding and, and uh, uh hosting such a, an event if it comes so I, I think the default position beyond that is, is exactly as you say. You will see uh, maybe Qatar in the Middle East, um, and the likes of Azerbaijan, maybe Kazakhstan, mm. uh, definitely China, and, and, and they will be the default bidders. Uh, I think at one level simply because uh, they, they, they have the economic resources to be able to bid. But I, 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 again, as I said earlier, I, I think there are geopolitical and soft power issues, nation branding issues around bidding. 
So in other words, if you, if you host the games for two weeks, you're in, a, in the global spotlight. And yeah. So if you're a country that perhaps doesn't have a sporting history, or if you're you're a country that is is seeking to make a political point, a geopolitical point, then in those terms, being in in, in the global spotlight by hosting the Olympic Games and, and other sporting mega events does make sense. Bottom line, and uh, this is from the perspective I, I would think of a uh, an American or a typical European. There's this sense, and it, it's often easy to conflate the corruption that we see in FIFA and, and the corruption that we see uh, at times in the IOC, where the, the average person will think, look, these are just these rich fat cats and they're lining their pockets and all these corporate sponsors. And this is all money, our taxpayer funded money that's being funneled into uh, these uh, rich people for nefarious means or what have you. And unless the the public perception of that changes, it does seem whether you have these referendums, as you mentioned, in countries like Poland, that the the average citizen who is struggling economically in a developed nation, uh, per se, will find it difficult to support these bids, right? Yes, and that's a, that's an interesting observation that you make because um, the the IOC um, has recently gone through a, a review um, called the the, tw- the 2020 Agenda, and 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 I think many people perceived that that the 2020 initiative was. Uh, a watershed moment for the IOC and could really change the way in which the Olympic Games uh, functions and, and, and the way in which it's hosted. Um, but the, ultimately, there are the, the, the results that were delivered by the IOC um, really sidestepped some of the fundamental issues, which is that in certain parts of the world, countries either ha- don't have the resources to host the Games or alternatively, uh, they're not inclined to host the Games. And I think what we're also starting to see is, is new models of, of mega event staging beginning to emerge. So, for example, in 2020, uh, UEFA's European Football Championships is, is going to be held across 13 different countries. Mm. So, uh, you know, these, these are really interesting times for the IOC and for the Olympic Games. And, and, and I think given given the increasing strength of, of Eastern economies, and, and I'm thinking particularly of China here, but obviously not exclusively, um, the cynicism and, and uh, the guardedness among some of the Western nations, particularly in Europe, towards hosting. I think the, the, the IOC and the Olympic Games face some really, really difficult decisions, so certainly some significant decisions. And, and, and really, we don't seem to have had globally a public debate about what we want the Olympic Games to be. And clearly the Poles and the Germans and the Norwegians have rejected the chance to be associated with the Games, but obviously in places like Korea and Japan and, and, and China, there's much more receptiveness to it. And whether we whether we uh, accept corporate involvement or the involvement of, of um, countries such as Azerbaijan, about which many people remain cynical, you know, we've really not talked about as a as a, as a as a as a world nation, as a, as a world population, if you like, you know, do we see this as being acceptable, or should the should the games be run according to different principles? Should it be more open, more transparent, better governed? We haven't really talked about that, and so I, I still think that there's an opportunity for the IOC and the games to, to to really address these issues, to engage with not just the public, but also with corporate partners, with broadcasters, with athletes, with host na- prospective host nations, to really set out a strategy and a, and a route forward so that the, the Games can retain its credibility, can be a fantastic festival of sport, mm. but at the same time, they do address some of the concerns that, that various stakeholders around the world have in this moment. 
Very interesting. Uh, We're going to have to leave it there. Professor Chadwick, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciated your insights. Thank you for inviting me.